Good morning, church. I trust everyone is well this morning and keeping warm. As you know, we've been having some really cold, freezing weather. But let us um, yeah, continue to worship our service online. Let us yeah, continue to endure Sunday morning service online. And um, hopefully we can meet together in person soon. We wait and hear what the president has to say tonight. Otherwise, yeah, just keep on in Christ Jesus. Keep listening to the sermons. Keep praying together. Keep singing together. And keep encouraging one another. We need encouragement, um, especially what we're going through um, at this present moment. And let's remember to do all things for the glory of God. My family and I, we send love to you all. And have a wonderful day, church. But please turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I invite you all to turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. As we look at Jehoshaphat, his life, his prayer, and how he kept his eyes on God. And that's the title of my sermon. Our eyes are on God. And they should always be on God when going through difficult times. But let's read. Please follow as I read from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and with them some of the Munites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men, some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary. For your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Verse 12 O oh our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Verse 13. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord, and with their little ones, their wives and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, 
Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at the great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And verse 20, And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And verse 21, further down, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. Verse 22, And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. So they were rooted, routed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning i thank you that we can come and be encouraged and be comforted by your word that we can allow your word to strengthen us but thank you for your word that is always true always pure always right your word is the truth and you've given us your word to to build us up in christ jesus to be strong and courageous to keep our eyes on him as we walk with him in this fallen world. So help us all, Father, to listen, to hear what the Word has to say to our hearts, so that we can be doers of your Word, and not just mere hearers and delude ourselves. So be with all of us, Father. Be with me now, as I come to preach your Word. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the last two weeks have been... Um, quite daunting in one sense. We, if we look back over the last two weeks, we saw rioting, we saw violence, we saw looting, and then we're still caught up in this pandemic. We see what it's doing to this world and our country. And maybe what's been going on in South Africa has caused you or me to become afraid or fear and anxiety has attacked us but the question is when this happens on who are our eyes are our eyes on god or on the world and as christians we know our eyes should be on god but the question is do we keep our eyes on god as we live in this fallen world and living in this fallen world means that there will always be various trials that will bring suffering and pain. I mean, the more society forgets God, the more society pushes God to the side and, and, and lives without God, sin will be rampant. Rebellion will be there. Lawlessness will be there. Everyone will do what is right in their own eyes. And even the church. If the church pushes Christ out of the center of the church, pushes the Bible to the side, 
they will do what is right in their own eyes. I mean, as we go through this turmoil, as we go through these uncertain times, people might be telling us we have the secret to peace. They tell you to create a calm of peace around you and then peace will follow you in your life and, and you will live in total peace. Well, we can't believe that. We can't create a peace here in this world. Yes, there will be times of peace, but Job has told us, and we read that in Job, that man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. We are not heading towards a man-manufactured utopia. There will always be struggles. There will always be sufferings. And trouble will always come our way. The moment, is it hard living in this world? Yes. And it will even become harder. Because on the inside we have struggles against sin, pride, lust, greed and boasting. And on the outside we have struggles against illness, poverty, there's marriage, there's unemployment, there's parenting, there's job difficulties, there's violence, there's lawlessness, there's wickedness. All of this on the outside. And yes, as I look back, and I look back at what happened over the last two weeks with the rioting and the looting and the violence, maybe we are concerned, you know, when will the next wave of rioting happen again? I mean, maybe we're concerned because we're thinking, well, we live amongst people who want to bring South Africa down. They want to cripple the economy. They want to ruin livelihoods. They want to break down society and bring it to a standstill. And as we think these things, what is the Christian supposed to do about all of this? What is the Christian supposed to do about this pandemic that's going on? What are, what are we supposed to do when our lives come down hard and, and our props have been knocked out from underneath us? When there seems to be no way out, when our relationship with God is falling apart, when we are worried and afraid, when trials are beyond our control. What is the Christian supposed to do? Well, we will probably answer, we're supposed to look to God. And yes, we're supposed to look to God, because for Him, He will be our confidence. We look to Him for Him to be our confidence. I mean, Scripture tells us, do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Did you see that in that verse? The Lord will be your confidence. But are we turning to the Creator God who made heaven and earth, who is in heaven on the throne, who is the one who we can put our trust in, have confidence in, look to Him for confidence. I mean, I think of, of, of my own boys, um, when they struggle with a subject at school and they need help, who do they look to? Well, they look to their teacher with confidence, knowing that they will get help from the teacher. And we too have a teacher. We have the Holy Spirit who teaches us the truth and we should look to him with confidence open up the scriptures and allow him to guide and help us through our struggles yet when trials come our way 
There are times when we struggle to look to God. We struggle to keep our eyes on Him with confidence to help us. So this morning, I want us to look at two facts from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 to 30. I want to look at these two facts to help us to keep our eyes on God, no matter what trials come our way. We need to do this. We need to keep our eyes on, on God as we, as we work through our struggles. But before we look at our first fact, there's just a, a brief history of Jehoshaphat. He is the fourth king of the southern kingdom of Judah. He reigned from 872 to 848 BC. He followed God's commandments, sent certain priests and Levites to the cities of Judah, teaching the people out of the book of the law. He took great pride in the ways of the Lord, and he was well established because of this, and riches and honors also increased around him. But there was a time when Moab, Ammon, and the Meonites came to make war against Jehoshaphat. A great army, a mighty army, beyond what Jehoshaphat would be able to handle. He was in trouble. They came against him. And God did not bring this great army upon him because of divine punishment, but to test his faith, to see if he would keep his eyes on God. Trust God. Look to God for confidence. And a lot of our trials and struggles come because God is testing us to see if we would humble ourselves and walk with Him. He's testing to see what is in our hearts. And this is what He was doing with Jehoshaphat. And we see now that Jehoshaphat fixed his eyes on God. So let's look to this first fact to help us to keep our eyes on God during trials. And our first fact is our God is in the heavens. There it is in verse 6 of, of 1 Chronicles chapter 20. We see Jehoshaphat praying to the God who is in heaven. And proof of this is we just have to go to the psalmist or the psalms. And the psalmist tells us, in Psalm 33, verses 13 to 14, the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man from where he sits enthroned. He looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. See, the all-seeing God who is enthroned in heaven sees and knows our struggles. And when we look to Jehoshaphat, we see that he's not praying because things are going well. He's not in a great mood. He's afraid. Verse 3 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. He tells us we, we, that he is afraid. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And he's afraid because there's a great army parked outside Judah. Too great for him to handle. He's in trouble. But Jehoshaphat does what we all should do, and that is he seeks the Lord. He proclaims a fast throughout all Judah. He gathers the whole of Judah to seek help from the Lord. And this is a great lesson for us. What do we normally do when God brings a trial into our lives, which makes us afraid? What do we normally do? 
Well, at best times, we don't normally seek God immediately or tell anybody. We come somehow, we sit around a few days, chewing our nails, sinking deeper into anxiety. Woe is me, grumbling, complaining. But how better our lives could be if we set our eyes on God and kept them on Him. If we immediately cried out to Him, told Him how we feel. He knows us. He wants to help us. He wants us to cry out to Him when we are afraid, when we have fear and anxiety, because He cares for us. And Jehoshaphat does the right thing. He fixes his eyes on God and prays to God. And we should do the same, like I said. We should even share with someone what's going on in our hearts so that they can help us fix our eyes on God and pray for us as well. Or if we have prayer meetings, we should come to prayer meeting and we can share a little bit what is happening in our lives. So we can pray for each other, that we can pray together and we, together we can seek help from our Heavenly Father who is in heaven. And this is what caused Jehoshaphat to seek help from the Lord immediately because he knew where his God is. Verse 6 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20 tells us why Jehoshaphat prays. O Lord, the God of our fathers. Look with me at verse 6. O Lord, the God of our fathers. Are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Not even Jehoshaphat, if he leans on his own understanding or try be wise in his own eyes, he's not going to withstand. He's not going to stand. He knows he needs to lean on God. He knows he has to go to the, the God who rules all over the kingdoms and of, and of the nations. And the God who is in heaven. He seeks the Lord because his God is in the heavens. Now the word heaven in both the Hebrew and the Greek means sky. So we can say that heaven is all around us. But we can also say that there is a place called heaven, the third heaven. It's the place where the sons of God and Satan come to present themselves before the Lord. And this happened in Job, and Job told us. In Job 1 and 2, you can read about that. It's the place from which Gabriel was sent to bring the good news to Zacharias. Luke 1, 19. It was the place that Paul was taken up to, the third heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 to 4. And it's the place that the psalmist writes about. I read that psalm again that I read earlier on. Psalm 33, verses 13 to 14. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. And it's also the place that Christ Jesus entered into and presented himself to his father where he's now seated next to the right hand of his father we can read about this in the book of hebrews for christ did not enter a holy place made with hands a mere copy of the true one but into heaven itself 
now to appear in the presence of God for us. Wow, that should encourage us to turn to heaven immediately because there our faithful mediator Christ Jesus is. He mediates between us and his Father. He's the perfect high priest. And he's the reason why we can with confidence draw near to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He is the perfect high priest. He can sympathize with us within our weaknesses. And we should be encouraged to seek Christ Jesus and to keep our eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith, as we go through our trials. Isn't this what we see Jesus doing in the Gospels? In John chapter 6, there was a time when Jesus was feeding the 5,000. And after that, the people said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. And in the next verse, we read what Jesus did. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. What, to hide from the people? To escape them? No. In Matthew chapter 14, we read that he went up the mountains by himself to pray, to set his eyes on his Father for help, to seek help and wisdom from his Father. We make our lives so much harder than what they should be when we go through struggles and trials. And that Proverbs 3 is so true. We lean on our own understanding. We try to be wise in our own eyes. Instead of us turning to our Heavenly Father. And I'll just read that, that Proverbs. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. But it seems like we prefer to wallow in anxiety. We seem to prefer to, to wallow in our struggles instead of just turning to our Heavenly Father who is in the heavens, to His Son, Christ Jesus, our faithful mediator, and cry out to Him for help. See, Jehoshaphat, this wise king, this good king, looked to the God in the heavens for help. Because he knew that the same God who rescued the Israelites from the Egyptians at the crossing of the Red Sea, they were helpless, they were powerless, they were afraid. And that same God that rescued him is the same God that's going to help him and his people, the Israelites, living in Judah. See, Jehoshaphat understood that the Lord has done great and amazing things in order to create and protect his covenant people. That's why he could continue to trust in the Lord, to deliver his people once again. We see that with David and Goliath. God delivered David from 
Goliath. God was with David when he fought Goliath and brought great peace for Israel when David defeated Goliath. But it was all God's doing. He rescues his people when they are helpless and powerless. His thoughts and his ways are far greater than ours. And we need to learn this. We need to, to, to fix our eyes on God doing trials. Because he is in heaven. This first fact, we should take it to heart. That our God is in the heavens. And this should encourage us to keep our eyes on him during our trials. Cry to him in prayer. Share with him what is on our hearts. So, this first fact in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 to 30, that we looked at to help us to keep our eyes on God, no matter what trials come our way, will we be challenged to do this? Will we go out into the world and face our trials with joy, trusting and fixing our eyes on Jesus? Because we know various trials will come our way. Will we run to the cross? And we can. We can go to the cross. We can with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And I encourage us, I challenge us to do this, to keep our eyes on Him, on Jesus, who is seated above at the right hand of the hand of God our Father. Set your mind on Him, set your mind on the things above, and keep your eyes fixed on the things above. Keep your eyes fixed on Him. Because this will help us to keep our eyes on God. Therefore, are our eyes on God when we go through trials? Where are they? My prayer is for us to fix them on Jesus, on God, always. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word that is there to encourage us, to comfort us, to give us hope. It helps us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Your word is there to to help us to walk obediently, faithfully, and humbly with you. But forgive us, Father, when we go through trials, what's going on in South Africa, we kind of lose hope. We kind of turn away from walking with you, and we think we can do it in our own strength. We talk, we scheme, instead of just crying out to you, telling you how afraid we really are, and how much we need your help and your comfort, and your encouragement. Father, help us. Help us to, to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow Christ. Help us to be strengthened by the Scriptures. Help us to always look to the Scriptures. Because your word has said that, that for whatever was written in former days, was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. So, Father, I pray that that would be our walk with you, that we would run to you, cry out to you in prayer, because you are a God who is in heaven. And you look down and you see all our struggles. You know what's going on in our hearts. 
And your word can help us. Your word can encourage us and strengthen us. Your word is sufficient for whatever problem we are going through right now. Help us, Father. Forgive us. For we do not always look to you and trust you. Be merciful to us, Father. Be merciful to us in these times that we are living in. These uncertain times. Father, help us to be the salt and light in this dark world. Help us to, to show Christ's love and glory in the lives of people around us as we walk with you and live you out in this world. Again, Father, I pray that we would fix our eyes on Jesus and keep our eyes on him as we go through struggles. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Please turn with me to Jude chapter 1. Or Jude, we can say chapter 1, verses 24 to 25. Now to him he's able to keep you from stumbling. Do you read that? Do you hear that? Now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. And God's children say, Amen. Enjoy the day, church.